0: now we're back on source material live i'm your host the mandated reporter and frankly i'm mortified mr mark ratledge and we're kicking it old school throw on your adidas sneakers and yazuba pants and your uh your champion sweatshirt i guess if you're from the 80s like i am (laughs) because we're going back how far back way way back
1: we got the return of the old man from the mountains, and he doesn't want them painted.
0: Goddamn right. We are kicking it on audio only today on Source Material Live, and we are winding down my tenure as the host of said podcast. Jesse Starcher has already made his triumphant return with the Technus Imperative. He had Sean Comer on for that on the day that Titan season three. Uh, debuted and uh, he'll be back in full swing with Shang-Chi and Malignant Man in theory and a whole bunch of other stuff we've got coming up towards the end of the year. And so, this is my second to last source material live that I have scheduled. And I am glad, I am grateful to be joined by one of the people who went on this journey with me when Jesse became essential. She was one of the people who stepped into the breach and helped me out with a whole slew of shows. And so this is the last one we'll be doing together um, without Jesse. Ladies and gentlemen, Alexis Haina, how do you do, madam?
1: Doing good. I'm finally escaping Florida.
0: (laughs) God. (laughs) Um, Hey, I do want to take one moment and just say thank you. Uh, First of all, nobody has to do any of these. You do them because you you want to. You want to be here. No matter how much you complain... Um, but obviously, you, you're here because you want to be here. And more so than that, you know, there were a lot of comic book shows that wouldn't have gotten done had you not opted to uh, basically do anything I asked you to do. So <laughs> I, um, I really I, I do want to say that I appreciate you, especially you, Christiane, Evan Bevins, uh, because, you, you know, you guys all helped out when um, when Jesse went down um, because of the pandemic. So I just want to say thank you.
1: Happy to do it. You know I love comics. I love talking about them. This is a little... The show's going to be a little weird for me, though. Um, I mean, The main reason that we're doing this audio only, at least on my behalf, is because I am driving. Um, I have been in Orlando, Florida for the last two weeks. Half of that was spent vacationing at Disney World and half of that was working MegaCon. Wonderful show, by the way. It was awesome to get to see you and your family and pretend to punch your lights out. I love the reactions of the other staff members when I posted that picture, and they're all, it's like, we made a joke photo of me looking like I was punching him in the face, posted that, and instead we get a million quotes of, kick him in the balls, kick him in the balls!
0: Yeah, it's it's (laughs) hysterical. So, So, you you said you were at a, you just worked a con, and, you know, um, that leads into what we're talking about tonight. So, I know it's a little late, uh, and we are changing the way we're doing things on the Rattling Broadcasting Network, so when we do comic books, we're doing them while things are still being talked about, not after the wave has passed, well passed. But one of the things that was very popular at Megacon, one of the cosplays was, other than Alligator Loki, we'll talk about that in a few nights, um, was, <laughs> was Vote Loki, Loki for president. Uh, so a lot of, you, you were telling me you saw a lot of Vote Loki pins.
1: Oh my god, that was like the big de facto thing. Not only did we see a lot of President Loki cosplays but nearly everyone had a Vote Loki button. Now, I am also selling both Vote Loki buttons and Vote Loki cufflinks at my table honeysuckle Rose Creations The Intersection of Geek and chic. plug, plug But what I found interesting was that when a lot of people came by and they had the buttons, I mentioned Oh, I just read the book for that and they all just stared at me and said it's a what? book.
0: <laughs> what book? Books of a Burning. Yeah. yeah, they all assumed that. Uh, again, we
1: will talk about this in a few days when we discuss uh, the Loki uh, series from Disney Plus. Again, plug plug. Uh, but so many people just assumed that little cameo from President Loki was a throwaway gag, and they had no idea that that character actually was taken from a book.
0: Yep. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Vote Loki, a four-part comic book series published by Marvel Comics from June 2016 to August 2016. And for those uh, who are slightly too radically left of center are going, uh, as a satire about the 2016 U.S. presidential election. C said, written by comic book creator Christopher Hastings, who uh, that may sound familiar to some people. He is known for his webcomic, The Adventures of Dr. McNinja as well as writing for Unbelievable Gwenpool and Adventure Time Comics. The series is centered around the Norse god of Loki Lafayette's controversial political campaign for the president of the United States and fictional reporter Nisa Contreras' attempt to prove his duplicity. When Loki's unconventional campaign centered on the fact that he would have the guts to lie outright to the American people as opposed to the majority of politicians who would just lie... Takes off with a surprising amount of support. Only Nisa Contreras, young journalist for the Daily Bugle, seems to be undeceived by his promise for change. The tagline for the series is Believe, with the L.I.E. capitalized. Ha, get it? Playing one of the central themes of the issue's deception. Um. All right. So let's get into this. Now, again... uh in the research I did for the Loki television show, initially I had read that like there were elements of vote Loki that were adapted for the show after having seen the show. Boy, is that an over-exaggeration? Um, had you heard of this before I pitched it or before the, um, the, the image of president Loki showed up in the commercials for the Loki television show?
1: I think I had seen the book or heard about the book briefly, But it really didn't strike a chord with me until I saw the trailer and they had that scene. Uh, For the record, folks, I have begged, Mark, that, uh, yes, well, again, there is more than a few parodies of the 2016 election in this book, obviously. We're going to try to keep the actual political discussion to a bare minimum on the grounds that we do not have three hours to talk about what the hell happened in that disaster.
0: No, and look... Here's what I'm going to say going into this. I think an examination of the mindset of people who would look at an outsider, quote-unquote, like President Trump, and decide against all rationality that he was the man for the job, um, I think deserves to be talked about in part because that's what this book is parodying. This podcast and this book don't really talk about what kind of president he was or, uh, or would have been. It just, it talks about what leads people to decide to go with an unconventional person who says, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna state up front that I'm gonna lie to you. Instead of trying to hide it from you or try to dance around the fact, I'm just gonna state up front that I'm different from everybody else because I will lie to your face instead of stab you in the back. And people going, this is the kind of hope and change we want. That, that's, that's, that's food for thought. That's, that's conversation to be had. Um, at no point am I going to dovetail this into a persecution or a defense of the actual President Trump. That is not what we're here for. Exactly.
1: Uh, we, we at the Rattletch and Broadcasting Network, we try very hard to keep our personal politics out of the discussion we have republicans and we have democrats and we have libertarians and i don't even know what other parties we have but
0: some people go both ways
1: oh absolutely (laughs) but our staff is made of many different minded folks and we are here to talk about books and movies and tv and pop culture in general so this is, we're not going to turn this into a damning uh, report on anyone who was involved in the 2016 election by any stretch. I will say this is interesting for me because usually when I record source material uh, with you or with Jesse, I have the book in front of me. Uh, either I've got the book on my, on my lap or if it's a uh, digital copy, I've got my computer open in front of me and I've just got that on. But since I am driving and I would like very much to leave Florida alive, uh, the book is uh, safely packed up in my uh, duffel bag in the back seat. So, usually, for the record, if I also drop out for a split second, just assume that my phone beeped at me that I may need to make a turn on the direction soon. So, I'm double checking to make sure I'm not driving in the wrong direction but this is going to be one of the first times that I'm talking about a book, and I am going solely off of memory. I do, I cannot pull the book open and read a direct quote or talk about a certain frame or style of art or whatever that may stick out. So I apologize uh, that I cannot give this uh, review my usual more in-depth analysis that I like to do. But I think most listeners would agree it's probably better that I pay attention to the road
0: Issue number one. The first issue of the series, cover art by Tradmore, introduces our main character, Nisa Contreras, a Daily Bugle journalist. The issue starts off with a flashback showing the well-known battle between the Avengers and Loki in New York City from several years ago. <laughs> Depending on which timeline it is, could have been the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, or yesterday. After, uh, And it's an aftermath, focusing on young Nisa Contreras, while the flashback shows her exposing an embezzling... The next flashback shows her exposing an embezzling governor. Then the issue goes back to present day, where Nisa and a bunch of other journalists are at the Cramco Stadium waiting for the two main presidential candidates to come out for a debate while talking with another reporter, Lucas from BuzzFeed. (laughs) God. (laughs) Nisa notices that many reporters have identification badges that look different from her own. Just as she comes to said realization, it is revealed that the suspicious reporters are actually armed Hydra agents. However, before they can hurt anyone, Lucas from BuzzFeed reveals himself to be the god Loki in disguise, stopping all the criminals, and and during his interrogation by the assembled reporters, he rebuts a question with whom he would potentially vote for by saying that both candidates are indirect and liars, adding that if he were the president, he'd lie to America's face. The scene then cuts to the people's reception of this news, showing mostly amused and positive reactions in the discussion and reception of said news about, the, about, and sometimes with Loki. While Loki is on a talk show with J. Jonah Jameson, which cracked me up, by the way, former editor-in-chief and publisher of the Daily Bugle, Nisa calls in, revealing the cause of her mistrust of Loki is his having destroyed her old home and his only seeking power. The latter then teleports into her apartment, like you do, after a short conversation, gives her the address of his headquarters and her at her request. Upon entering the building, Nisa is greeted by Angela, Loki's sister, in in full, like, Viking garb, (laughs) there to provide security, and by Loki himself, this time appearing not as a man, but as a woman in business clothing. Afterwards, Nisa writes a scathing article about the god of lies and sends it to her editor, only to find in the morning that Loki has convinced him to change the title from Loki Will Burn Washington to a much more positive Loki's Campaign, something to get excited about. The issue ends with an outraged female Thor appearing at Nisa's door. Um, I love this first issue. I, Like I said, I'm very much interested in the psychology of people who are so disenfranchised and disgusted by the, the common politics of the day that any outsider that comes along, they're willing to hitch their wagon to, uh, especially an outsider who says all the right things and does all the right things and presents as somebody who will not do what either side of the political aisle has been doing for decades on end. Um, it's an oversimplification, but I, again, it's a comic book that's parodying an election that happened five years ago. It's fine. Um, but I, I do love this. This is the kind of thing I enjoy reading. I like political satire. I used to be a huge fan of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Um, and it not not, not a, because I'm are like... Not,
1: are you not a fan of Trevor Noah now that he took over?
0: Um, I like Trevor Noah personally, and I've watched his stand-up. Uh, I can't... That, the new crew, and I don't know if it's new writers, but it's definitely some new comedians that are on the show. I don't like any of them. So I gave up on the show a while ago.
1: Fair enough. No, I loved when Trevor Noah showed up at the Oscars, and he read a quote in his uh, native language. Uh, while present- I, th- I can't remember what award he was running. You know he did a cameo appearance in Black Panther, right? Yes. Yeah, and he, so he's in the native language, but apparently someone translated later and said that wasn't a profound quote. He basically said, white people won't get this. <laughs> it's like, no, I love Trevor Noah. He, hmm. I love his tongue-in-cheek satire. I will agree with you that when—I like it when he talks, when he goes to his uh, other uh, reporters, it is not as funny.
0: No, and, so. and that was the thing about the old daily. Not to get off on a tangent here, but that was the old thing about the, about the Daily Show. Look, John Stewart may may be far left. Who I don't know where his his personal politics particularly stand. I do know that you know there were things that he just deemed as inappropriate and outright wrong that he was very vocal about. Um, not the least of which was the treatment of veterans, and I was with him on that. And I don't think that's a liberal or per, or conservative issue. I don't think we should treat veterans shitty. Um, oh, he-
1: I would Say his uh, campaigning to uh, get the rights or help help get rights to those who uh, the, to the first responders from the nine eleven attacks is incredibly profound. He is yeah. so passionate about it.
0: Right. So um, I always I, not not to keep on the John Stewart stuff, but like I always found the Daily Show to at least in part be fair. Sure, it leans left. It um, doesn't half of what's on you know Hollywood lean left. But I always, but I never, I never felt it was particularly mean-spirited or unfair, for the most part. Um, I don't know if I, if I have the same thing to say about, and that's the thing. Like, it might, it might be a conservative bent. It might just be my own sense of I think people should be treated fairly. But if things are going too far to one side, or I feel like there's malice in any given direction, I don't, I don't enjoy it. Um, as far as the comic Agreed. goes... As far as the comic goes, again, as Loki as a stand-in for Donald Trump, I think is hilarious. A bit on the nose. <laughs> Donald Trump isn't a wizard. Um, Donald Trump is a guy who I don't think is especially eloquent either. And Loki has an eloquence about him. You know, as the is- as the four-issue limited series goes on, Loki has a way of—it's uh, funny, I just watched Good on Paper. The review is actually now up in the archives— as part of a triple feature I did with Jason Teasley. And, um, you know, Elijah Schlesinger dates a guy who when the truth comes out about him, it turns out he's a liar, too. He's, you know, he's lied about his he's lied about his um, his job. He's lied about where he lives. He's lied about this. He's lied about that. He's lied about being rich. Um, but when confronted with all of these things, he turns it all back on her. And you know, and it, and, and uh, what is what is the one the, the 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 word you all like gaslighting? He tends to he he ends up gaslighting Elijah Schlesinger, and that's kind of what Loki does, and kind of what Donald Trump tends to do, though not not nearly as as well. Where they all will take, you know, if you've ever been that person who just is very direct and is like, "This is what happened in the order it happened in, to the people it happened to." And that's not enough to win over a crowd because the person you're saying that about is able to turn around and gaslight you. It is the most frustrating experience. You feel like you're living in a parallel dimension or a place where no one understands the language you're using. And that is a big part of issue number one here. And a big part of this whole series is Loki's, you know, you have Nina going, doesn't anyone see the emperor wears no clothes? And Loki's going, ah, but these are the finest fabrics. Don't you understand? And wouldn't well, who are you to put down the children of Africa who made these clothes? It's like, wait, what? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: was gonna say no it is a really good issue nisa is a fun character and i'm not gonna lie i actually hope that we get her incorporated into the mcu especially since she works for the daily bugle which we know we're going to see more of in the future spider-man films i think it would be refreshing to have this character as a no nonsense reporter who like you said is able to just kind of look through the bullshit and go why do you people not figure out what's going on you know i mean it's hilarious how late in the later issue she talks about how she wants to go visit family out of the country because she feels like she can't win
2: mm-hmm. and she calls
1: her mom and it's like so she's asking for the contact info and even her mother's like voting for loki and she's just like what the hell is going on here <laughs> right you know, you, know she, you just expect her to run out into the street and go have i get to the twilight zone
0: yeah again you you take loki out and you put donald trump in. wasn't that the conversation people were having it's like why are you voting for the failed real estate guy who you know became a reality tv star where he got to fire people on tv why do you think that person would be a good why do you think that person would make a good leader and it was always the vaguest of things and that's what the book is talking about that's what it says out right in the book you know why would you vote for loki who who has tried to conquer the earth on a number of occasions and has had to fight the Avengers? Well, he's different than he's he's different than John McCain and Hillary Rodham Clinton. And you're like, I I don't even know where to begin in a conversation like that. You know, I, I, she sure is different. Different isn't always good, but I think that's what people were hanging hang you know people hang their hats on is novelty. Drives me a little up the walls, matter of fact. But that's the world we live in.
1: This shit, the issue also deals, well, all of the issues really, really deal with the concept of how the media portrays things like that. And I love so many chapters where they're like, well, the media's just trying to, you know, make them look bad and stuff like that. And that's not the way it is. I love the fact that Nisa, her article has not changed. You know, she still is writing the same thing. It's just the title that changes And Even she admits that screwed her over. Because how many people don't actually, like, read an article in depth? They just read the, uh, the title of the article and maybe the first paragraph and all of a sudden they're you know totally swayed by what they think it
0: said. I can't tell you how many times Robert's got me with that because like I'll share something in like I'll see something and I'll share it in the chat or I'll post it on my Facebook page because I think you know because I, I agree with the headline and then Robert of course will Robert Winfrey will of course read the article and then write you back and go, you didn't read this, did you? I'm like oh, you got me. you know so it's a very astute point that people especially the way news is published and uh, consumed now it's very headline driven you know how many people get their news from their twitter feed and they're not necessarily getting news they're getting a barrage of headlines and pornographic images it's important to say there's a lot of pornographic images on twitter mixed in with your headlines
1: so many people essentially say I don't have time to read the full article sum it up in one line and you can't Mm -hmm. do that you cannot former journalists here I know you cannot do that so so many people just read the headline and automatically I don't want to say they're lying to themselves but they genuinely think they have read the article because they read the headline
0: right All right. let's move on to issue number two here the second issue of Vote Loki opens up with an ad made by Loki's campaign showing an eight-year-old girl who might be potentially threatened by Octavia von Bardis, leader of Doom's Children, a Latvian terrorist organization. <clears throat> the ad continues by claiming that both candidates asked for a Skype meeting with the man rather than a drone strike and it ends with Loki himself saying that sometimes one must fight. After a scene where Governor Hitt, whom Nyssa revealed was embezzling state funds, talks to a talk show host, Billy McRiver. The issue goes back to Nyssa herself and Thor, who after reading the article realizes that the title did not actually reflect what was written and is therefore appeased. I believe we just talked about that. Unfortunately, it is revealed that Thor cannot bring Loki back to Asgard due to its own political turmoil, and that she and the other Avengers are not comfortable with political interference. But she does slip Nyssa a clue about one of Loki's main funders, the America the Faithful Fund. The issue goes on to one of Loki's rallies in Texas where he continues to play upon his main selling point of lying to America's face and delivers a scathing speech about uh, the media and the political machine claiming that he is here to make everything sane again meanwhile Nissa walks into the America the Faithful Fund building and after finding the place seemingly deserted stumbles upon a group of people dressed in costumes who are performing some sort of ceremony on a goat like you do while wearing costumes that are similar to Loki's horns and green and gold robes as they unmask themselves, they, uh, after the unsuccessful rit- ritual, Nyssa catches the worshippers on camera, seemingly undermining Loki's campaign for good, showing that his followers are an actual brainwashed cult, contrary to what the god himself claims. However, during a statement, Loki spins the situation around not only acknowledging but accepting the fact that he has worshippers because of his being a god and even inviting America to, uh, the American people to join him. Uh, to join him. During his cult or whatever. Um, more of the same here. This was... I, I, I thought the commercial was really funny um, because it, it, it does go to... The example I'm going to use is a very serious example, uh, but the, the topic in and of itself is kind of amusing to me. You know, the idea of how... I mean, a situation can be manipulated and people's emotions can be manipulated to support something... Um. so if you remember like I can't remember the name of the woman but she was in a coma and uh, the husband was keeping her alive but the family wanted the feeding tube removed and, Terry Schiavo yeah Terry Schiavo and it, it very much became a conservative, Democrat, uh, conservative uh, liberal debate over right to life and all of that um, and the conservatives were all like you know it, it, it ended up being boiled down to a single talking point, and that talking point was, can't she just have a cup of water? She's in a coma, with a feeding tube, by the way. But, you know, there were idiots running to give this woman a cup of water. It, you know, and I remember Sean Hannity specifically like, describing the cold, crisp water that they wanted to give her. Like, that's how bad this got. And so, so guy's name again um christopher hayes thing sort of king, and whether he remembers the terry shivel thing or not when he wrote this who knows but that's the kind of thing you know I, I that's the kind of thing that we see so often in politics is oh my god don't you understand this poor woman she's starving to death can't we just wh- what an inhuman thing to not bring her a cool glass of crisp clean life-giving water, and like, who would deny a person water until you hear the facts of the case, and you're like, oh, that's what's happening here. Well, damn! <laughs> Why are you purposely being manipulative, a, you know, a, and uh, and obfuscating the truth here? And that's what this whole issue is about.
1: I do want to uh, just uh, veer off here for a second. I love the depiction of, we have female Thor running in. Hmm. How do you think uh, compared to Comparing the image of how they have her here, how well do you think they're going to incorporate that into Natalie Portman? I mean, um, this Thor is much. I mean, we're basically getting a little bit of a She-Ra thing here, where this Thor is much taller, much bigger. So, do yeah, you
0: think I Portman don't know. Ever- it, 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 I until totally I see a trailer, I I can't even. I mean, like if they leave Natalie Portman as she is. You know, no CGI, no nothing. She's just Natalie Portman in Thor cosplay. I think she's going to look silly. But I I got to know that... I got to believe that they know that already. Natalie Portman is not a big woman. You know, She she's a dainty little thing. Um, and she, she's decked out in Viking gear. She's going to look odd. Uh, so I would imagine... If they leave... You know, if if they tailor a suit to her size... I think she'll look fun and she'll look sexy, but I don't necessarily think she's going to look like Thor in the comics um, unless they CGI her up to look like She-Hulk, essentially, and then maybe.
1: Yeah. I do, now, back to the book, I do love the... Again, we're going with the gaslighting here where Loki essentially also spins this into a freedom of religion discussion. <laughs> right.
2: Which is something... Stuff- <laughs>
1: Which again is something that I would, you would see even Trump doing where he Loki is basically saying if they want to worship me they can. This is America. They have freedom of religion. They can worship whoever they want.
0: Hey, who are you to tell people who to worship? I wait. <laughs> <laughs> they were sacrificing the goat. Ah, but in this country we can do that. Damn
1: it. It kind of brings you back to our discussion about Lucifer, the TV show, and I love the part where, uh, I think it's Amenadiel, talk about how he was the one who started the whole goat thing and the other angels are like, oh, he hates the goat comparisons. <laughs>
0: it's really funny. Uh, anything else about this issue that jumped out at you?
1: The commercial was really funny, but yeah, I, it did kind of make me laugh how, again, he was able to spin the whole cult-worshipping sacrificing a goat.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. I can't remember what, like, uh, sketch sketch comedy thing this was, but it it had to have been the mid to late 90s because I was in high school at the time, and I remember my neighbor friend Rob would imitate this constantly. If you remember it, just shout it out at me. But the one sketch from this thing that was always memorable to us was, like, this sock puppet having a debate with an old politician, and the old politician... Would always be cornered by the sock puppet who was spouting logic and facts, and the, so the old politician, would, old white politician, would just yell, "Shut your stinking trap!" And people would cheer. But the, <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing I, you know, that we always used to laugh at was, um, if your daughter was thirsty, wouldn't you bring her a cold glass of water? Shut your stinking trap! <laughs> That's what this reminded me of. <laughs> um, moving, uh, moving along here, for those of you who are enjoying this comic, and you're like, I too would like to write political satire, well, you should get on the Grammarly train. Yes, sir. Grammarly will help you write mistake-free on... Uh, Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. It'll help you e- even with your political satire writing. Um, Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com w2mnetwork. That's getgrammarly.com w2mnetwork to download Grammarly for free. All right, issue number three. The third issue of Vote Loki opens up with Nisa Contreras driving through Western Maryland to Washington, D.C. in her car while talking on the phone with an unidentified person about the Hydra agents from the first issue for an interview, where they are, where they are and about their being moved to a medium security facility, despite having attacked presidential candidates. All of a sudden, Nisa has to swerve out of the way because of a flaming truck that has been knocked sideways on the road, which turns out to be the truck that was carrying the Hydra agents. Nisa is doubly shocked to see a shadowy figure in the middle of the flames that looks like Angela, Loki's sister and bodyguard. However, just as Nisa is ready to catch her on camera, Angela disappears, leaving the reporter with no tangible evidence of her presence. Despite that, it is clear through a scene with yet another talk show that the public still suspects Loki to have perpetrated the crime. The setting then changes to Doomstadt Latveria, the home of Doom's Children, a terrorist organization, as mentioned before. The members of which are inspecting two men in a van upon their entrance to the city who reveal their inspection that they intend to get weapons from the inside. After a brief scene where Loki talks to a fan at the Iowa State Fair. By the way, having been to many a state fair here in Florida, the, meats, the, the meal stick was hilarious to me. It's like the best f- part of this issue. About an entire meal on a stick, a partly caramelized apple, a few onion rings, and a hamburger all on an ice cream cone. Yikes. I
1: love that. Look, he says, I want another one dipped in Uru to use as a weapon. I so want to see someone wielding that as a
0: weapon. Indeed. The God of Mischief goes to debate with the other two presidential candidates. Nisa, who is still inside but still covering the debate, remarks that Angela, last seen at the site of the truck crash, uh, is at the corner of the debate looking unharmed. The scene only covers the first question of the debate, which is about... The response to the U.S. political situation in Latvaria since Dr. Doom, a supervillain and former leader of Latveria, is gone. While the two other candidates agreed that the U.S.A. should send troops to Latveria and expressed their discontentment with Loki's campaign, revealing that unlike the ad, the candidates had apparently not requested a Skype meeting with Doom's children. However, Loki simply acknowledged the lie, arguing that it was indeed true that the female candidate who had brought up the Skype statement would prefer a peaceful and diplomatic situation, and that the ad was then accurate. He then asks why he is he the only person being buried for lying, and he does not think that American soldiers should go die in Latveria. Meanwhile, Nisa purchases a ticket to, a ticket to Latveria, and when the scene changes to a few days later in Doomstot, the reader can see Lisa in disguise among a group of masked Latvarians. ...revealed shortly thereafter to be the Latverian New Prosperity Alliance, all infiltrating Dr. Doom's castle. After they sneak into the castle, they attempt to open a weapons cache door, failing the first time but succeeding the second. However, before they can escape the castle with their weapons, they are stopped by Doom's children, and an unidentified person from Latverian New Prosperity Alliance creates an explosion, killing both groups. The scene flashes to a battlement above the explosion, where one of the Latverian New Prosperity Alliance men changes appearance and is revealed to be Loki in disguise who then steps through a magic portal to see the United Metal Workers of Wisconsin. However, it was revealed in the next panel that Nisa is filming him the entire time, and the scene flashes to the public's reception of this deed while she boards a plane. But the plane, as the plane lands, it is revealed, contrary to what the public thought only hours ago, Loki is now even more popular than before. So, I don't know, did you ever see the movie Brewster's Millions?
1: No, I haven't, but I'm familiar with it.
0: Yeah, so the the whole premise of the movie is he has to spend X amount of money uh, by a certain date, but he can't have any assets at the end, he can't have any property. Um, and if he does this, then he gets X squared amount of money. Um, and so he's doing this and doing that, and he's somewhat successful, but then he has a setback, and he's trying to figure out how, you know, he's running out of time, and he's like, how can I spend a lot of money, have no assets at the end? you know and do it quickly and this is amidst a i think a mayoral, a new york city mayoral campaign um where he where, where monty who is me played by richard Pryor, decides i will support a candidate a candidacy of none of the above <laughs> and so he starts campaigning as none of the above and it becomes a raging success in New York such to the point that people are now trying to elect him mayor and he finally has to give a speech like I, I don't want to be mayor <laughs> like like the point is you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have a choice between worse and uh, between bad and worse you should have you know a choice of good electoral candidates not not the worst ever and all I was trying to say was you don't have to accept mediocrity or worse in politics but for god's sakes don't elect me i don't need to i shouldn't be mayor and people are like that's why we want you to be mayor because you don't want the job and it's like oh god i can't talk to any of you that's what this reminded me of like no matter you know that nisa Contreras, no matter what she does loki becomes more popular because it's always going against the grain in some way
1: a lot of the, when Loki basically admits that he took out the Hydra agents and everything in Doom Slot, it reminded me a lot of uh, when President Trump met with Kim Jong Un in uh, Korea. And you had Republicans saying that Trump was taking the first steps toward uh, peace with Korea, whereas the Democrats said uh, he's aligning himself with a dictator. That's not good and just how easily it could be portrayed in both ways depending on how you looked at it and again we get a very similar thing Loki commits what is undoubtedly a war crime but (laughs) people are saying well it needed to be done so we're okay with it
0: it's like that old Vulcan proverb only Nixon can go to China sure (laughs) now you're not a big Star Trek fan do you have any clue what I'm talking about
1: no, I'm not. I'm, I am not anti Star Trek, but I have never gotten into it to the level that so many diehard fans have. I am a Star Wars nerd, not a Trekkie.
0: Well, all the all the Kirk and Spock fans who got that joke uh, had at the very least a smirk. Anything else about issue number three?
1: Again, I think we're doing okay so far, but yeah, like I said, it is really fun, and <laughs> the writers do a very good job both getting you excited for what Loki's going through, and cap- and getting having you feel Nisa's frustration. You both are laughing, and you are weeping. You feel just how upset she is, but you also feel just, you're also laughing at the just what the hell is going on here.
0: Yeah, I, I really, I love Nina Contreras as sort of your point of view character, because you were meant to feel like Nina does. And there might, you know, and, and like you <laughs> might and Does you might not Nisa? sorry Nisa and you might feel like some of these people who are like no we need somebody who's an outsider we need this we need that you know you might read this and i mean obviously Christopher Hastings has a point of view and the point of view is look uh, no, no one's saying you have to vote republican or democrat you can always vote green or independent or whatever but just because somebody is an outsider doesn't necessarily make them the best candidate and i think that that was a big part of the argument was, like, there are plenty of outsiders that run for any number of offices in a given election year. The one guy doing it who's the worst ever <laughs> and is clearly a sociopath and has all kinds of other problems probably isn't the best choice. And your counter-argument of, but he's not a politician doesn't hold water. There are lots of, you know, Andrew Yang is not a politician either. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, um, there was a, a couple of, what uh, do Bloomberg, when he ran um, for uh, mayor of New York City at the time, was not a politician. He was somebody who started a, uh, a financial—I believe it was a financial uh, financial magazine, um, among other things. I, I think actually that's not what he's known for. It's some sort of finance technology, but doesn't matter. Um, the point is, there are plenty of people who who run that are not lifelong politicians. You still have to look at them critically. and and scrutinize them not just accept that you know they are outsider and therefore good and that's i think the biggest point that christopher hastings is making here is that we tend to get caught up in the celebrity of the outsider and not look any you know and, and people either not capable or interested in looking any deeper than that and then this is the nonsense that is that this is it's fraught with
1: Exactly. There were so many inter- articles and interviews with people who voted, for, who were voting for Trump, and they said, "Why are you voting?" And the response was 90% of the time, he is not a politician; he's a businessman. Which, frankly, I never really understood because I lo- there's a meme I remember seeing. It, it's basically saying a man goes in for open heart surgery, and he elects to have someone he elects to have a- someone else from- plucked from the street to do. And he said, "Yeah, I want an outsider opinion." Politicians, I agree, do have problems, but at the same time, they have worked in public service for years, and they understand how things work, and they know how to delegate to the different departments. So many people say, well, they're not a politician. They should be out of charge. It's like, that doesn't mean that they know exactly what they're doing, and it doesn't, you know, again, not going to get into political things, but there are many cases where Trump ran parts of the government like you would run a business, and it doesn't work like that. We don't Want a government that is run like a business? Because we're going to get, you know, have a lot of problems.
0: But here is the thing: until you've run and and won your first election, everyone's an outsider. Nobody is born a politician. You know, it, the, the whole the the way the American political system was set up is you leave your farm to go <laughs> to go work, represent your people in Congress for a few years, then go back to your farm. That is how this was set up. Um, you know, we, our very first president was a general in the military. The, the You know, many of our early presidents, you know, came from the field of law or accounting or something like that. Um, many of them were plantation owners. And they went back to those jobs when their time was up. Um, and so the whole, you know, and not, not to get off on a tangent here, but like so many of even like current day politicians I mean many of them started started off as lawyers like they started off at you know they they started off in some element of business I want to say like Mitt Romney d- didn't go directly into politics he started off somewhere too and you know and eventually they they find an they find a place where they think they can do some good fucking Jesse Ventura <laughs> Jesse Ventura professional wrestler commentator extraordinaire Arnold huh
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger, another really good example. So you, I'll stick with Jesse for a second, but you know Jesse started off in professional wrestling. He ran for mayor of Brooklyn Park, and on the strength of his um, on the strength of his popularity as mayor of Brooklyn Park, he became the governor for a uh, for one term. Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously a very famous bodybuilder and turned actor, ran, um, became governor for one or two terms. Um, fucking Jello Biafra of the dead Ken- formerly of the dead Kennedys ran for mayor of San Francisco, I think, one year. So, you know, it, like, let's, let's, the whole idea of, like, we should always elect the outsider, some outsiders, <laughs> not all, This it's not zero sum.
1: Okay, I, I, let me rephrase what I previously said. I am not against outsiders going into public office. We have had some really good cases with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, again, we're not going to sit here and discuss which ones were good and which which ones were bad, because by the time we'd get done with that, I would be back in Kansas City. Hmm. But we have to remember that the idea is that you should still be able to listen to what they have to say and their opinion on it. You should not be voting for the outsider because they're the outsider. A fresh perspective is not enough to run a campaign on.
0: Yeah. Andrew Yang is an outsider. Andrew Yang wants to push a basic income guarantee, something I've been for for decades now okay worth listening to but if Andrew Yang was like and let me tell you something about the Jews all right at that point stop listening (laughs) no more Andrew Yang no Andrew Yang (laughs) doesn't have a problem with the Jews but you know but that's kind of the point here is, is is you listen to people who have ideas you don't listen to people because they jumped up on stage and just started yelling for no apparent reason issue number four Uh, The fourth and final issue of Vote Loki opens with Nisa Contreras in her apartment after she had stated in the previous issue she was completely done with trying to stop Loki, which I thought was amusing. As Nietzsche watches Loki uh, shaking hands with someone on television, the person turns out to be a mutant and almost blows up Loki like you do, only to be hit into the sky with a sword by Angela, Loki's sister, and his security detail. After a short private conversation with Loki, Angela ends up calling Nisa, claiming to have information about her brother, that Nissa is interested in. The reporter then goes to a secluded room to meet Angela, and to her surprise, Thor, um, girl Thor, not boy Thor. After Nissa conf- uh, gives the former a, a lifetime subscription to the Daily Bugle, Angela reveals that she got information from Loki about his being involved with Hydra, and tells both Thor and Nissa that. Lucas from BuzzFeed, Loki's false identity, is in the press room at the debate shown in the first issue of Vote Loki. It's actually the leader of HYDRA and that the entire incident at the debate was staged for publicity. The issue then shows the reaction to the public uh, of the public to the news, flashing to different scenes in which the public split over the issue of Loki is shown, starting with the scene where Loki walks by his fans and his opponents begin to fight. The issue then shows Loki's detractors spreading trash over a Loki supporter's lawn and even setting a car on fire. Uh, this leads to my favorite line in this entire four issue series, by the way. However, the day before the election, Loki appears as Nisa Contreras door, at Nisa Contreras' door, claiming that the chaos he caused by running was not what he wanted and that he is the god of stories rather than the god of chaos. He then offers to talk to America to stop all the violence, promising not to lie. He then transports the two of them to a live TV audience for the purpose of proving that he actually does care about America's best interests. However, instead of his indirect answers and lack of knowledge of what he wants to do for, um, sorry, questioning him, Nissa tells Loki to instead talk to his supporters. Accepting this, he starts taking questions from the audience, and then he goes on and is clear that despite his claim to be completely honest and reassure the public sphere, his indirect answers and lack of knowledge of what he wants to do, for instance, answering a question about healthcare by saying he hasn't decided anything about it yet, uh, and as each question comes along, his supporters believe him less and less. Loki then claims he no, he is no longer evil, but his supporters now angered by other things he said and his revealing his excitement at manipulating Congress and the Supreme Court have lost all support in him. By the next day, the day of the election, it is revealed that Loki will most likely not win the election. The issue pans back to Nyssa, who was on the phone with a woman who talked to her about the reporter being the only person in the media speaking out against Loki. And are potentially getting her own TV show just as she hangs up, the god himself appears again at the balcony asking if anyone would believe that he had created an entire political campaign just to bolster Nisa's Nietzsche, future career as a voice against corrupt politics. He then leaves and he flies off into the sky he picks up the phone and talks to an unidentified political candidate about compensation for his making a fool of himself on national television and then conceding as a result. I did not love this ending um, you know the, the, this whole thing was it was half a setup. As you know, as recompense for wrecking this woman's home when she was a child, and then um, you know it's it was actually so to help one of the candidates win, and he was purposely splitting the vote. I was like, this was more fun to me when when he when it was when we were led to believe that he thought he could win this. And that it was sort of an interesting social experiment. Like, what if I just tell you I'm going to lie? Then, you know, will you go with me? And people were like, yeah, hell yeah. It was fun when it was that. When they had to figure out how they were going to end this thing, and they couldn't just end it by he fucks up and loses the election. Oh, shucks. you back to Asgard with you. Um, and they had to, you know, tie this up kind of neatly with a nice Hollywood ending. I was like, oh, this, this doesn't stick the landing at all.
1: Now, I'm not going to lie. I thought that his little diatribe to Nisa about how he did this to give her career, I thought that was just pure grade A bullshit. I assume that he was saying that to try to save face in front of her and pulling essentially a Hercule Satan moment. Uh, do you Did you watch Dragon Ball Z at all?
0: No, I'm 45.
1: <laughs> I'm 36. What's your point? Okay, there is a character in Dragon Ball Z called Hercule Satan who is pretty much let me put it okay he is a world champion fighter who somehow is so popular that he is able to convince the public of anything and they believe it there is a scene where he is fighting a character one of the, the heroes and she basically says i will forfeit the, the fight if you give me the money and he punches her and he doesn't even phase her and she just looks at him he goes that's it and then mm. she falls backwards, and it's so obviously staged, but Hercules Sane uh, steps and goes, I have been, I did it <coughs> for years. I've been trying to perfect a delayed reaction to my megaton punch, and it works, and everyone buys it. <laughs> yeah, this is a guy who, when he saw things blowing up, he suddenly fell over saying, oh, I have a stomachache. Oh, I can't fight that. And everyone's like, oh, he has a stomachache. Oh, the poor thing. You know, so the idea of Loki is saying, telling Nisa that he did this to help her. I looked at him like, yeah, and Hercule Satan actually believes what he says. I figured this was just him trying to save face. Now, I'm also going to say, I love that Angela sells out Loki, and her th- what she wants is a freaking lifetime subscription to the Daily Fuel. And even Thor's like, you seriously just wanted that? And she's like, I like the crosswords.
0: So here's my favorite bit of dialogue from this entire series. No, you want to deal? Compromise? You'll be eaten by the machine. You said you'd destroy it. Did I? Do you, do you even know how your government, your own government even works? Go to hell, Loki. You did lie to us. You said you were different. And the panel, Floki's face, like, I, I can't even with you. And then he says, and this is the line that cracked me up, and it was like, okay, this, this makes up for the stupid ending. You'll all still vote for me. You have no better option. Stop lighting cars on fire, idiots! That's all I wanted here. Have a Super Tuesday. Sorry, that line. Stop lighting cars on fire, idiots!
1: That was a great bit. Yeah, look, <laughs> like look, I'm happy to keep running, but for God's sakes, will you people quit acting so stupid?
0: Yeah, and, and I-, I and I don't want to go off on, on a tangent here, I really don't. But I, I'm while I am for a lot of the things people were angry about last summer, I am not for violence in the street and stop lighting cars on fire idiots was about where I landed with uh, last summer's protestations did I lose you entirely? yeah
1: I guess no I do love it I love how you hear that she, she's basically nice little bit of artwork by in the teleportation scene. Nisa is, I'm guessing it's her pajamas is what she's wearing in her apartment. Mm-hmm. And when Loki teleports them, he gets her into professional clothes. And you get a nice little bit of artwork where it's kind of a wave effect across her. And you can see the clothes in one part of it and her pajamas in the other. That, that's very, and a very nice touch. But yeah, I love just the creativity of Nisa saying, no, I'm not going to question you. Because she knows that's what he wants. And she knows that he will find a way to spin everything she says it's just like no it, you know it's just kind of one of those you someone will bury themselves if you just let them have the shovel.
0: Yeah. He
1: says said I'm done do- digging your own, I'm done digging my grave here take it.
0: So I uh last thing I'm um, my, my only final comment on the book uh I I think I ended up giving it like 4 out of 5 stars and I also tend to grade a little heavier but um, this was right up my alley I enjoy a good political satire I thought the book was funny it, it you know it doesn't get a five out of five for me because it doesn't stick the landing I think the landing sort of falls off um, you know right about you know, the, the book for me right about where he loses everybody and they're all like screw you Loki and he tells them don't set cars on fire um, that for me was the end of the book the last the little bit of it I was like ah, I could have done without this otherwise it would have been I think it would have been kind of perfect um, my only other comment about the book itself in terms of craft is I hated the artwork. I don't I've seen this kind of artwork before. Um, tends to have more ovals, more soft shapes than angular shapes, and I hate it. Uh, I think everything looks ugly. Um, this is not this is not for me. this was like this was not a pretty book to read. Um, if it wasn't for the cultural, political, uh, literal content, uh, I would not have enjoyed this at all. But uh, all those things rose it above the artwork. The artwork sucked, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. This is the the kind of artwork where when a character uh, winces or something, you can actually count how many teeth they have. (laughs) It's very uncomfortable and I don't know why, but I really could not get into the way Loki was designed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I have just gotten way too spoiled by Tom Hiddleston's natural good looks, because the man is gorgeous. But this Loki did not look like... looked to me like Loki. He looked like someone's uncle, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. So, the last thing uh, I'm going to say, and then we'll, I'll give you the last word total, and we'll get out of here. Um, this was great. This is something I would have... I, when I saw the commercials for the Loki TV series, um, and I saw they were doing the President Loki thing, I'm like... At that point, I hadn't read the book. Now, having had read the book, I was like, oh, this would have been great to have seen at least an episode of the Loki TV series deal with, you know, a world where Loki runs for president, at least in part. Okay, they use it as a sight gag. They could have done any, you know, Alligator Loki had more residents than, than, than President Loki. And I thought they wasted, like, when I read the Wikipedia and they were like, you know, part of the writing of the loki series was inspired by vote loki book and i'm like okay like part of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was inspired by Red White and Black. Okay, there's a connection there. I'm thinking there's going to be an equally strong connection. No. They utterly wasted whatever they got out of Vote Loki. They 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 essentially took up took the cover of the of the graphic novel of the trade paperback and was like, "Do something with this." And they were like, "Okay, sure. We need a character in this one scene where he's at the end of the universe." we'll do that then like oh this sucks it was was an image that makes for great commercial but added nothing to the actual show and is a detriment to the book itself
1: exactly I honestly thought we were going to get an episode where Loki escapes from into a different timeline and runs for president and then the TVA comes and tracks him down and says come on are you really surprised I figured that would have been the TVA cornering him after he had been running
0: Wouldn't that have made more sense instead of him talking to a bunch of people in the desert going, I am Loki burdened with glorious purpose. Ah, shit, I've caught by the cops.
1: For what it's worth, again, I know the vote for Loki button is a big trend right now with the Comic-Cons. I think that was painfully obvious working Megacon. For the record, I'm going to make a graphic with all the Loki variants Mm -hmm. that I saw this last weekend because that has officially become the go-to cosplay because it is crazy easy to pull off. All you need, you need the horns, which you can order on Amazon, or you I, a lot of people uh, who have 3D printers, 3D printed them, or you can go to most costume shops. Uh, again, I was in Orlando, so we saw a lot of people with the Loki Mickey Mouse ears. All you need are the horns and green, and you can officially be a Loki cosplayer. All that you just—you just say you're one of the variants, and it works. And we are going to see so, so much more of that before this uh, convention season is over. But I'm just asking to those who have the vote Loki buttons, do yourself a favor and read the book.
0: Yes, books are not just for burning. All right, <laughs> I, I that? can't
1: make a joke. I I know it's a joke, but I, I can't say the words. I, I just can't do
0: it. <laughs> it's fine. I don't need you to. Um, only one of us has to be terrible, and I, and I elect myself. Um, vote Rattlage for terrible. All right. This,
1: this is why when I took that picture of you, or took that picture and everyone said, kick him in the balls.
0: If if you say so. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our time, folks. Uh, That is our review of Vote Loki. We will have a review of the Loki TV show this Wednesday. Um, The only other plug I will give is myself and Jason Teasley just wrapped up a review of Fatherhood, Good on Paper, and um, Lockdown from January with Anne Hathaway and uh, Mordo from Doctor Strange. So go ahead and give that a listen. Uh, again, we talked for about an hour. It was a pretty good uh, series of reviews. And uh, that's all for me. Thanks. Just check us out Where, wherever you happen to have found this. If you don't want to li- continue to listen to it there, uh, you can um, find us at, at on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever else catches podcasts, um, whatever podcast catcher you like. That's what we'll be on. We're also on YouTube under W2M. All right, Alexis, go ahead and do your plugs. We'll get out of here.
1: All right. Well, Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic. Like I said, we just wrapped up our uh, four-day show in uh, Orlando, Megacon. That was a wonderful show. Thank you so much to everyone who came by our table. It was great seeing you guys. Be sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram page. We're posting all of the cosplay photos that we took. And again, so many Loki variants. So we got that, and I am currently heading back to Kansas City, but it's no time to rest. We're going to be doing Planet Comic Con this coming weekend. I have two days to restock everything. May God have mercy on my soul. And then next week, we are actually back on the road. We're heading to Colorado Springs Comic Con. This is a first-time show for us. We're really looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of fun. Again, check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, And don't forget to our fellow listeners, we will be appearing tomorrow, or I will be appearing again tomorrow to discuss the new Ryan Reynolds movie, Free Guy. And I will also be talking about my first experience in a 4D movie theater and how apparently my body hates me for it.
0: Hey, real quick before you go, make sure to check out one of our great sponsors here on the show, AmazonMusic.com. We're giving away a free 30 days of Amazon Music uh, at the link getamazonmusiccom amazonmusic.com slash W2M Network, which will be in the description of this podcast. You click it, you fill out the information, agree to the terms, you get a free 30 days to stream all the music you want, just like you would with Spotify or Apple Music, but they have a greater music selection. It's fantastic. We use it all the time on the Metal Hammer of Doom. Uh, so go ahead and click that first. It helps out the podcast, and it keeps the uh, the wheels going. With that, for Alexis Haina, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.